Welcome to Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, the wonderful private company owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, everything your cat expects you to know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. With Dr. Elsie's support, the Cat Chat Show brings you interviews with cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations, so you can better understand and appreciate your own feline family members. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate the kitty cat, which will be back in theaters starting on Global Cat Day, October 16th, around the country, and will travel nationwide through 2022. Meantime, thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of earlier festivals for free on Tubi TV. I am delighted to find a feline-centric author that I didn't know about. She has a wonderful, interesting, fun new book, A Whisker of a Doubt, but I feel like I'm late to the party. Kay Conte already wrote Cat About Town, Purder, she wrote, The Telltale Heart, and now this is the fourth, A Whisker of a Doubt. And Kate Conte isn't her real name, which we have to discuss as well. Welcome to the show, Liz. It's wonderful to have you here, and congratulations on being someone who can create this many elements of a cat-centric cat cafe mystery. I, I think it's incredible to have that wide-ranging of, of an imagination. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Cat Cafe is a wonderful setting for any book because cat cafes have become something that is kind of ubiquitous. They're all over the country. But to set a murder mystery, a cat cafe mystery, you now have this whole series in a cat cafe. Tell me how much of the real you has worked in a cat cafe, has done feral cat colony maintenance. How much of this is your actual personal life or just observation and imagination? Yeah, so I am kind of what people used to call the crazy cat lady. Oh, um, welcome. I, You're I've in never, the right place. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I've never actually worked in a cat cafe, but I have done rescue for about 25 years. Wow. Um, at one point I had, I, well, I probably shouldn't say it on, on air, how many cats I had at one time. No, no, do, do. We, <laughs> we like think... to know how many, how many personally. Okay, I'll, I'll caveat, I'll caveat this by saying, you know, I had a big house. They were all indoors. It was very clean. <laughs> oh you know? God, all had, on, had... you're on the defensive. <laughs> Poor you. I had, tw I had 20 cats at one point. Wow. Um, yep. That's a yeah, crazy cat lady. All right. Much. Yeah. It was a bit much. So now I'm down to four and I have two dogs. Oh, congrats. And, you know, um, but yeah, so I've been doing cat rescue for a long time. Um, I actually started, so I had, uh, I've always been an animal lover, but interestingly enough, my family really wasn't big into animals. So I didn't really start get, you know, I had a dog when I was a kid, but you know, I didn't really start getting crazy about it until I was on my own. Um, and I got two cats when I got my second apartment and then Right after I finished grad school, um, my mother was out for a walk one day and she found two kittens, or she found a litter of kittens, I should say, on the side of the road. So, of course, she called me. It was on her street. So she called me. She had, had 
taken a couple of them inside, but two of them ran into a bush and hid. <laughs> they were little babies, and somebody had just dropped them off, like, behind a car. Nice. Um, so nice. the person wouldn't have even seen them if they had come out and just backed their car up, which is awful. But um, anyway, so she called me. I left work. I came over. I fished the cats out of the bushes. Um, and then I thought, oh, well, I'll just call a rescue because who wouldn't be happy to have these adorable little kittens? Right. Um, and little did I know at the time, it was, you know, I, I knew nothing at that point except that I loved animals, but I didn't know that it was kitten season. And I didn't know the shelters were overrun and I didn't know that nobody could fit them in. Um, and so I ended up keeping two of them. I found homes for the other two. And then after I, you know, graduated, I was like, you know, I need to really learn about this and you know why this is this way and what I can do to help and so I started volunteering and then of course I started bringing home more cats and you know it just snowballed from there. Well what's nice is that you took home more cats and then more and more and more as life went on but then you also learned about the TNR and these feral cat colonies that people take care of and what caught my attention immediately when I learned about a whisker of a doubt being set around the issue of a feral cat colony and a murder that happens near where some of the cats are sheltering is that I have often heard one reads, and I've interviewed people that do feral cat colony maintenance, you know, they're part of the crew, that they feel endangered, that they really do feel in jeopardy, that people could yell at them, but even maybe more than that and maybe even poison cats. And I'm wondering if you experience that animosity, hostility, and even a sense of danger, because the character in the book certainly does, the, the female protagonist. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I didn't personally, but I have had friends. So one of the people that I met when I started volunteering was this wonderful woman named Journey, um, who her entire life was devoted to cats. Um, and she did everything. I mean, this woman... Around. She she was she was so not the typical stereotypical cat lady either, right? She was beautiful and she, you know, she wore heels all the time. And, <laughs> but yes, she's crawling around in trailer parks, you know, trying to get cats. And I mean, she would not hesitate to pick a fight with somebody who was not being nice to cats or. Um, but yeah, she definitely, you know, I remember her telling me stories about having to go back at night and steal cats from yards because the people were just so nasty and were going to kill them. And, um, and then I, I know some other people in Boston who um, do a lot of feral cat feeding in kind of the dodgy areas, if you would. And mm -hmm. I mean, they always are. They a few of them have to go with police protection because wow, it's just crazy out there. Literally, yep. police protection. Well, the island that it, on which the cat cafe is, the wealthy island. Did I miss it, or is it an invented island, or is it a real place? No, it's fictional, but it's I kind of based so. on Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, I don't like to um, use real places because, first of all, I don't want to worry about getting things wrong in the geography. Good point. Um, I want to make it fit what I need. Um, and I also don't want to risk, you know, killing somebody in a you know restaurant that I would someday want to go to. And oh, get my gosh. It, so. <laughs> I did think it was something like Cape Cod or Martha's Vineyard. And. And then I thought, well, but I thought that authors were often told, you know, in like 101, oh, yes, set your book in Seattle because then everyone in Seattle will want to buy the book. But clearly that wasn't going to be the case for you. It was the story that was going to carry it, not that everyone in Martha's Vineyard wanted to see if you, you know, I don't know, described the, a cafe or a store properly. It does allow for more yeah. imagination. You never know, though. You never know. People, you'd be surprised how people are very detail-oriented, <laughs> and they, they will tell you if you get something wrong. So. Good. So you made it up, so you can't ever get it wrong. So to Absolutely. go back for a minute to, the, to graduate school, and maybe that's why you use a pseudonym, what did you become or what degree did you get in graduate school? 
Um, so I got a master's in writing and publishing. Wow, there is such in in publishing, not just in writing. So yeah, you, Emerson you got College. Smart. So Emerson in Boston has uh, you know it's a it's a very artsy college, so it's got all kinds of degrees like like that. It's got theater degrees, it's got writing degrees, communication degrees, all kinds of nice cool artsy things. Nice. Yeah. Well, did that? Do you think that helped you become a an author, a better author, and or a more successful one, a more published one, a more multiply published one? Did that give you some inside track? It didn't give me an inside track into publishing, but it, you know, absolutely being able to spend time with, with teachers who, you know, have written books and, and to get that hands-on feedback and, and working with critique groups of people who are such good writers. I mean, obviously that all played into it. But as far as publishing, um, no, there's really no, there's no. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. I haven't found it if there is. I've often heard about MFAs in general about writing that people go thinking, well, this will be my inside track. I'll get an agent because of this or I'll, you know, be recommended to a publisher. And people are often terribly disillusioned because there are so many thousands of people getting masters in writing or some version of it and so many hundreds that ever get published so it's it's a tricky business and you've been so successful so i go back to asking how come you didn't use your real live liz mugavero name i mean it's sort of this is going to sound goofy but actors all kinds of actors have names and they're up in you write on big neon signs and screens they don't use pseudonyms anymore. I mean, other than if they're a porn star, right? They, they have names you can't pronounce, you can't <laughs> write them, you can't remember them. And you have Kate Conte. Now, did someone tell you early on, you know, Liz Magavero is just not going to sell a cat book? No, actually, I have a series published under my real name. Oh, that's why. So you want to define this as your cat series. Well, no, it, my other series was also um, based on animals. So it's the Positively Organic Gourmet Pet Feed Mysteries. Um, there are seven books no. in it. It's, it's complete at seven books. So, oh yeah, so gosh. that was my very first series that was published. Um, and that series is with Kensington Books. Wow. And then when um, this series, the Cat Cafe series, is with St. Martin's. So when, um, when I signed the contract for that, they asked me to use a pseudonym. So to differentiate between the two publishing houses that makes which is really sense. interesting because but you know it doesn't stop there it's such an interesting business so i wrote the cat i'm writing the cat cafe series under kate conti and then in the meantime after my positively series finished up at kensington my editor there came back and and offered me another a new series wow um, but he asked Miss St. Martin's if I could use, if they could use oh, that's funny. for that series because the Cat Cafe books were doing so well. Isn't so that something? <laughs> now, go back. Positively Organic, it's a series of seven books and it's, it's animal-centric? Yes. It's positively spelled P-A-W-S. <laughs> okay, got that. Um, yep. It's, it's about a woman who leaves her corporate job. She kind of gets the job eliminated, and she decides she's done with this life. She moves to a small town with her Maine Coon cat, um, and she's always had a knack for baking him treats and making him food because he's got some stomach problems, and, you know, she, she starts doing it more and more, and she kind of makes a name for herself in her new town, and before you know it, she's got a, um, a whole business for herself, and she's also solving all kinds of murders along the way. Okay, so this is an incredible number of plots you've had to invent. Seven plus four, and now you're going to do a whole nother series. I have no idea where 
someone as prolific as you, I mean, there are other people that have series that are that involve mysteries and pets, but it, it boggles my mind. Do you just spend all your time looking in newspapers across America for ideas? Are they all coming from the depths of your imagination? That's a lot of mer- mysteries require very precise plotting. As you know, you're very good at it. <laughs> Thank you. I wish I had the time to do that. I mean, I work a day job still as well. So, no, um, you do I'm not. Do a lot. Yeah, what is I your day job? <laughs> um, I work in marketing and communications. Wow. That's yeah. quite extraordinary to those of us that, or to those people who, quote unquote, just write, writing a book, maybe two, is a full-time job. Writing series of books is so demanding because you can't use any of the ideas you had before. Everything has to be fresh. So you're constantly having to fill the well with something. It's incredible. Is this the end of the Cat Cafe series, A Whisker of a Doubt? No, I actually, um, when you called me, I was writing and trying to put the finishing touches on book five, which is due tomorrow, actually. No, are (laughs) you serious? Pause for alarm, yes. Wow. Wow. I'm so impressed. And I hope this is illuminating and inspiring to other people who want to write. I mean, of course, getting the first book seen, looked at, commented on is brutally difficult. But to to take one book and be able to spin it into a series and then another book and spin it into another series, I can't imagine that you have much a good thing you're only down to four cats if you had 20 cats you wouldn't have time to take care of them <laughs> and write how many hours a well, day do I you have, write i also have two dogs and my dogs are pretty uh high maintenance they're puppies what? and they're both rescues so. no you have two puppy <laughs> yeah. rescues with the four yeah. kitties where did they come yeah. from and why did you switch to dogs or switch back to dogs so uh, one of them's from Arkansas, the other one's from Tennessee. Uh, they're actually they're two now, so I guess they're not technically puppies anymore. But I got oh, them. Oh, they're puppies, they were puppies forever. Um, they were nine months and five months old when I got them. Um, I had I had gone to dogs towards kind of I don't know before. Well, I've had my dog Shaggy, who is my my soulmate dog. Um, I had her for almost ten years. She passed away in two thousand eighteen. Um, and, you know, I, I had two months without a dog and I was like, you know, I need I need another dog in my life. So, of course, I ended up with two because I can't seem to just get one animal. And, you know, well, I'm very impressed that you're one. so profoundly cat oriented in your writing and in your work. And obviously you feel passionate about it. There's a great deal of of empathy and understanding and explanation of what cat rescuers do and what they go through and how they hang together in the book. And it, it really it, it gives such a strong sense of what a community it is. I mean, an extended and small community that you also have a dog part of your personality and lifestyle is unusual. I mean, I think that people that are immersed, don't most of your cat people think you're not a crazy cat lady? You're just the crazy lady who also thought dogs were good? Don't they sort of look yeah, at you with scants? There, <laughs> there are some who are straight up cats. And then there are others who just love all animals. I mean, the the woman I mentioned before, my friend Journey, she, she she'll rescue anything that crosses her path. So, and she's got dogs of her own now, and you know, so it really just depends. I just love animals. I always have. I, I started out as as a dog person when I was a kid, and then I think I just and I never had cats because my my family didn't. Right, as you said, yeah. So, um, but when I had that apartment, um, I couldn't, they didn't allow dogs. So I'm like, I need a pet. So I had no choice. So I was like, oh, I'll get, I'll get a cat. And of course that turned into two. And, you know. It and now it's a whole career. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like a triple career plus that other day job that you have that actually it pays the bills, I guess. Although these are doing so well, one wonders. I mean, I don't know how you could write more than you're already writing, so you might as well keep your day job. Maybe it helps you have a balance. I don't know. What do you think? What do you hope people take away from a whisker of a doubt? I mean, do you do you hope that this inspires people to either think about participating in TNR? or at least being compassionate and thankful to those who are doing it rather than in any way judgmental or negative? Yeah, I mean, I would really look for, you know, I don't expect the average person who just kind of likes cats to start running around, you know, with, with have a heart trapped in the middle Correct. of the night. That's Correct. not for everybody. Yeah. But, but I would hope that people who, you know, might have feral cats around them or, you know, just have, have heard of them might understand a little bit more about, why they're there, um, how to help them. The fact that it's not that easy to just, that, you know, that, this is something that we always heard, like, why don't you just take them away? It's right. not really that easy because right. they don't have anywhere that they think of as home except for where they've been living. So they would either try to get back there or or it, it would create what they call a vacuum and, and other cats would kind of come in. So it's not really as simple as, oh, just take them away, they're bothering me sort of thing. So I just, I would love for people to really understand that there's a whole science to the way people care for feral cats. And, yes, you know, it's been they... studied in every country in the world, and in every country yeah. in the world, mostly cities, there are feral cat colonies, and somebody is getting them all spayed and neutered, and then feeding them, and you know, taking care of them if they look ill or sick or hurt, and yep. those people and those vets who stand behind them are are really some serious, serious angels in terms of the pet welfare world or the animal welfare world. Well, I just can't believe there's a fifth one of these, and now there's going to be a whole nother series. So you, you have to decide each day which hat you wear. Are you Kate Conte? Are you Liz Magavero? <laughs> but luckily, you know who you yep. are. You clearly know who you are. <laughs> Most and days I know you, who I am. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the book comes across as somebody, the characters in the book come across as people who really know who they are and what matters. And it, it's, got, it's delightful and incredibly believable, very, very believable. And I'm glad yeah. that I didn't just miss the fact of where is this island? It seems kind of fictional, but yet so real. So good for you for creating an alternative universe. It's a wonderful book, and I'm sure people Thank who you. already know your books will be delighted to know there's a fifth one coming. And you can definitely jump into this series at any point. So grab a whisker of a doubt by Kate Conte, author of Purder, she wrote, because this is a holiday book. Take care. It was wonderful to talk to you, Kate. Liz. Thank you so much. Have a happy holiday. Thanks for listening. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and affection for cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which has broken new ground by creating a healthy, dry, and canned food for kitties called Clean Protein, which is inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. I recommend that wet food should always be your cat's primary diet, but Clean Protein is the first dry cat food I believe can be a healthy choice if you want to feed dry food even as part of your kitty's diet.